And now Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based financial planning firm providing investment and planning advice since 1983. Doug is a certified financial planner who could answer your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now with your investment question at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA, Inc., investment advice through Lewis Financial Management, SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. And we are the Lewis family. So here I am. I'm Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. This is Linda Lewis. And I'm Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And we're here, our family to your family, to answer all of your money matters tonight. But Linda, I would say we've had quite a week, wouldn't you? Definitely. Boy, we've got a lot of 70-degree weather, 71-degree weather, Another one of these North Carolina brutal winners, huh? <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> but happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, if you're like I am, you're just returning back from visiting with family and, and having a good time and eating way too much. I'm in my stretchy pants tonight, so that's for sure. <laughs> I love this time of year. And we had a, a great time. We went out for Thanksgiving. <laughs> we had a quiet Thanksgiving, didn't we, Doug? I enjoyed, enjoyed going I enjoyed getting over to the Irregardless Cafe. Hadn't been there in years. That's one of the old Raleigh landmarks, right? Yes, indeed. That was a wonderful meal and we met some clients while we were there as well. So that was a really a delightful time and uh, we hope all of our listeners had a wonderful Thanksgiving and uh, a lot of uh, warm and uh, cheerful moments with family and friends so it's wonderful that we can be here for another thanksgiving and everybody is uh preparing for their holiday celebrations coming up uh soon so if you're out there listening thank you for joining us on money matters with the lewises on news radio 680 wptf and call us with your questions we'd love to hear from you and our number here at the station is 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, what's been happening in the market? What Can you give us a market recap, Doug? Yeah, you know, I, I, I continue to realize how blessed we are to be in the United States because markets actually displayed resilience last week following the alarming terrorist attacks in Paris and Beirut, all market indexes advanced for the seventh time in eight weeks. And then the better-than-expected results seemed to diminish concerns that consumers might slow down their spending during the upcoming holiday shopping season. And then on top of that, Wednesday's release of the Fed's October meeting minutes revealed that while no decision had been made, it may well become appropriate to initiate the normalized process at the next meeting. The committee appears ready to raise interest rates as long as job growth and inflation 
tends to remain stable. And yet markets growing confidence in the domestic economy, overseas developments are also encouraging. Looks like we're going to have a very encouraging year end. And you well, know what's funny is this year, this time of year is is typically when things do um, tend to do better, and we all sort of think, well, what can I personally do better? And um, if you're starting to think, well, how did this year end for yourself and your family, and you have questions tonight, give us a call at 919-860-9783. Ask us your question, and um, perhaps we can answer it tonight live uh, will be where the lines are open for the next 50 minutes. Yeah. And I want to remind investors and listeners and uh, everybody else who's sort of interested in their future, their financial future, go to our website, go to Doug and because to us, your money matters because we realize your financial future is at stake. And I think you'll enjoy the updates we've had on our website. They've got videos now of us and, if you haven't been there recently, we invite we uh, invite you to go to DougAndLinda.com. Well, what's new in the world of retirement planning? Well, you know, many people face retirement as a reaction. Suddenly, they're retiring, either voluntarily or involuntarily. They got laid off, and they're suddenly uh, going to be retiring. But really, at Lewis Financial, I'd like to bring to the public's attention that there are eight steps that we take when our clients are five years from retirement. And you should be thinking the same way if you happen to be five years from retirement. That's right, because the closer you get to retirement, the more critical it is that you do all you can to secure your financial future. If you're only five years from retirement, and haven't made significant progress towards your planning and savings goals, it might be too late to fund the retirement of your dreams. You might have to work a few years longer than you planned or have a part-time job in retirement, but you can still improve your prospects by starting to plan today. Yeah, and even if you have been diligent about retirement planning and savings, now is a very good time to take a closer look at your current financial situation and take the action Take the key steps towards your retirement plans. And Doug, Linda, here are the eight steps that we use at Lewis Financial Management to address clients' concerns when they are five years from retirement. Yeah, I think that many people are shocked when they come to see us that the first thing we focus on is not their investment portfolio, not their asset allocation. The very first thing we start with is what, Linda? that uh, it's important to separate your retirement needs from your retirement wants. That's exactly right. That's That's where we begin financial planning. And I think that separates us from most of the ones who out there are calling themselves financial planners, but who are actually money managers. We focus on your needs. And then we break your needs down to the ones that are your true needs and the ones that you are... We call them your fantasy lifestyle, how many trips you'd like to take and so forth, because needs include essential living expenses like food and housing costs, taxes, insurance premiums. But wants are those discretionary, wonderful things that you're looking towards entertainment, travel and so on. So that's the first thing that we do at Lewis Financial Management. 
That's right. And the second thing, revisit your retirement income options. Here you really need to know what you're going to be able to receive. After reviewing your projected expenses, determine where your retirement income will come from. This could include Social Security benefit payments, required minimum distributions from your retirement accounts, pension payments, and any other regular income you expect to receive. If there's a gap, create a five-year plan to cover it, perhaps with your investment portfolio, part-time income, or any other source of income. Yeah, but that, I, don't, yeah, I don't want the public to think that we make you do that. That's what we do. We revisit your income options, and we help you build that five-year plan to cover what's going to be missing. So the first thing we do at Lewis Financial is we look at your needs. And the second thing is we revisit your retirement income options, the money coming in. And the third thing we do, Linda? Is consider what tax savings moves uh, that you need to make for your retirement accounts. Basically, that involves estimating your tax bill while you're in retirement, and when you begin withdrawing your retirement savings, calculating you know, how much you'll be taxed on your distributions. That's right, Linda. So we've got three things that we do. We begin with your needs, then we go to your income options, then we go to tax savings moves, and then the fourth thing we do is we double check your Social Security earnings. That's going to be crucial to explore your Social Security claiming options. You know, waiting to claim once you're eligible is going to increase your benefit amount, but it's not the best strategy in all cases. Don't wait. And we don't let you wait. If you're w- working with us as your financial planning firm, then we double check your Social Security earnings. That's right. And then the next thing that we'll help you do is ex- understand your employee benefits. We'll help you with the right questions to ask your HR department in regard to your current health insurance and how it will interact with Medicare. You need to get information about pension and defined contribution options. So we'll remind you of what pertains to you. And then all other retiree benefits because this is all about planning, how to plan for retirement in five years. And the sixth thing we're definitely going to do is we're going to look at your asset allocation We're going to look at your investments to see how they are allocated. Are they in a proper pattern? And if not, we're going to make recommendations about where they should be. And the seventh thing we're going to do is we're going to understand what's going to happen with all of your investments in your financial assets as they come together, because we're going to design a plan for you, a financial plan in order. And of course, what is the eighth and most, well, maybe not the most important, but certainly the eighth thing we do, Linda... We update or we assist you in the design of your estate documents, making sure that you've named executors and proxies that are still correct and understanding whether or not your estate plan is current and what your needs are with regard to estate plans. Some folks, many folks that we meet with either haven't had a will drawn up or maybe they've gone through a divorce or they've lost a spouse and they need to update what are their estate plans and who are their beneficiaries. So there you have it. Those are the eight things that we do at Lewis Financial Management when you are five years from retirement, and we'd love to help you as you're moving into this next stage. Give us a call tonight, and we will see if we can be of some assistance to you. 
Call us You're at Lewis Financial Matters. Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you have financial planning questions, well, they're the people to call. The magic number is 919 860 9783. 919 860 9783. Well, speaking of this last matter, the one of estate planning, I think it is crucial, and and maybe it's not that it's the end of the year, but it's always important to review your estate plan. A lot of people don't review their estate plan. So true. Too many people assume that estate planning is a one-shot deal, that once it's done, it it doesn't need to be revisited. And that's so untrue because changes in tax laws, family and financial circumstances may cost hundreds of thousands of dollars in unnecessary taxes or distort the planned distribution of assets if the estate plan is not reviewed periodically. Individuals should review their current estate plan now to see if changes should be made. Yeah, because things change. Things are changing. There are changes in the lives of your beneficiaries or maybe the lives of your fiduciaries. Significant changes in your own in your own life are going to require changes in your estate plan. And so will changes in the lives of your beneficiaries or your fiduciaries. Yes. If your children were minors when you initially set up your plan, then as they get older, you should assess whether they're ready to be named as your fiduciary or your representative. If a beneficiary or representative moves away or you simply lose touch with them, then you should reevaluate your plan to ensure that your property is still going where you want it to go and that you've named the right representative. In addition, if a child's situation has changed, they might need protection of their inheritance because it might be subject to claims of creditors or other predators. Yeah, and what I've seen this past year is suppose your daughter's marriage is troubled and she's contemplating a divorce and your will still talks about her as a child. Well, an update to your trust could protect that child's inheritance. So that's the first thing to realize. Changes in lives of beneficiaries have to be That's uh, right. And you know what's funny is on. that financial planning definitely digs into all these areas. So as we deal with a lot of the retirement issues, the how I'm going to afford things, my needs, my wants, but a lot of that, the other side of that coin is, well, if I were to die and leave this stuff for my children, I need to really know their situations. And if I need to protect them, protect this inheritance for them, I need to think about those estate documents. So this is very important. Another issue is that uh, birth or death of a beneficiary. Uh, If a beneficiary is named in your estate plan, uh, has died, then you should update your plan to remove the deceased person's name. And if you don't, then years from now, whoever your personal representative is or your successor trustee, they're going to have to track down an original death certificate for the deceased person and then... This also can become time-consuming and costly. And if you have recently been widowed, if your spouse has died, then your plan may need to take on a whole new structure. If you or beneficiary has adopted a child or if you've recently had a child, you should review your estate plan to ensure that your new child is or perhaps isn't included. 
You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. For all your financial planning questions, they're the people to come to. And the magic number to reach them is 919-860-9783. Now, if they call us outside the show and want to reach us at your beautiful business, what's the number to call? 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Otherwise known as 919-872-USA-7000. All right, so these are things to look at with regard to your estate plan, things that can change. Another thing that can change is your own financial status. For instance, if you've recently received an inheritance, then you're going to need to reevaluate if your estate is taxable at both the state and federal levels. And if it is, then explore all of the options for minimizing these Death taxes, they're called, estate taxes. You should also transfer your inheritance into your revocable living trust so that these assets won't need to be probated. So these are the kinds of changes, changes in the lives of beneficiaries, changes uh, in the death of a beneficiary, changes in your own financial status. That's right. There are a few more. Changes in marital status uh, will require significant changes to your estate plan also. If you've recently married, then a whole new set of gift and estate tax planning opportunities have become available to you and your new spouse. Or if you've recently divorced, then your estate plan should be updated to ensure that your former spouse is removed as a beneficiary. You'll also need to update the beneficiary designations for your life insurance and retirement plans, including your IRAs and 401ks, to ensure that your spouse is removed there as well. Yeah, we've seen that happen this past year in at least two cases that I can remember. That's right. And, of course, there's the whole issue about what about beneficiaries who have special needs. Uh, Let's say you have a loved one with special needs and you don't plan your estate carefully. Your loved one could lose valuable public benefits and assets. And so what we look at in, in planning for your estate at Lewis Financial Management, we also look at whether you need a special needs trust. The biggest thing I think, Doug, Linda, are the possible law changes. Laws governing taxes, probate trusts, powers of attorney, and fiduciaries change all the time. And they're up for changes every year. So reviewing your plan at least once a year is the best way to either take advantage of any new changes that could benefit you or revise your plan so that these changes do not adversely impact your estate. So keep your estate plan current and up to date. And if you don't, then your plans could become distorted and benefits might be lost. So that's a very urgent uh, plea that if you need to give us a call during the week, our number is 919-872-7000. We are the Lewis family. Yeah. And somewhat experts in helping people plan for their um, estate planning. 32 years of excellence in financial planning. We're in Midtown Raleigh at Lewis Financial Management. Call us. Set up your appointment so that we can address your financial planning needs and issues. 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And visit our website at DougAndLinda.com. Mark? Yeah. Doug Lewis with Money Matters. How can I help you? Uh, Doug, I got want to give you my situation real quick, and I'll try to be brief. I uh, got married about a year and a half ago. Just sold a house. We're moving out of town, actually out of state. Uh, and I've got a uh, got about thirteen thousand in cash. Just got the house sold, as well as uh, got my yearly bonus. And I'm wondering, 
you know, I've got a little bit of debt, about $5,000 consumer debt, you know, tw- paying 12% on it. Uh, how do you, how should I, and I also got uh, one car payment that's only six months away from being completed, and that's it. It's my wife's car. Uh, how should I proceed from this point? How old are you? I'm 26. 26 years old. You married? Right. Children? No. Married, no children. Wife working? Yeah, yeah. What's your combined income? Let's see. Uh, I'll make, let's say, 56, about 39, I guess about 95. 95,000. That's a good income for, you know what you guys are supposed to call, don't you? Dinks. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay, dinks. dual income, no kids. That's dinks. right. I've heard that. Okay. Well, for a couple of dinks that are making 95000 and only 26 years old, I'd say you could afford to be a little aggressive in building your wealth portfolio. Now, that means that you also have a tax problem, and you could go. You could afford to go ahead and have a maximum leverage on your home. What type home are you going to buy? Well, that's what. Let me let me mention this too. Uh, I'm enrolled in a 401k plan with my corporation, uh-huh. and they're taking six percent of my salary and deferring it, and they match it seventy five cents on the dollar each year. Uh huh. So that that's a fund. I think I put like. Uh, oh, I guess it's uh, it'll be about two hundred fifty three hundred dollars a month this year out of each of my two paychecks. Uh, what kind of work do you do? Uh, I work for a major corporation. Uh, it's it's managerial. Uh, my salary is about fifty six. Probably grow to sixty next year. Uh huh. You know, just just modest. Okay, but you're on a salary, not commission. Well, I'm salary plus bonus. So salary plus bonus. There, I made about uh, average about nine thousand dollars of bonuses last. You know what I would do? I would keep your house modest. One of the biggest mistakes I see with young couples that start to have high income early. Uh huh. What do you, what's your they, word of modest in Raleigh, like about 100 to 125 yeah. or, or less than that? I'd say go as modest as you can. you got two problems with that because as soon as you go with a higher price home, it's a bigger home that requires more funding. You're into a higher lifestyle. Your wife's going to have to go ahead and see if she can get a new set of china and nice crystal and this and that, and she's got to keep up with the neighbors and so forth and so on. And before you know it, you're running the race that all the doctors are running. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm not ready to get in that race. Right, and nobody ever says they're ready to get into that race. But what happens is, as soon as they take that first step, they move into a fancy neighborhood, get a nice home worth a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, and right away they're at it. I would keep that low, especially if you're in your twenties, and I would work on accumulating wealth. It's a lot of fun to watch it build. Really? Uh huh. Well, like I say, you, you got my my current status. I've got about thirteen in cash, uh-huh. and I've got about six thousand dollars in consumer debt. What would you do? Would you try to pay off that consumer debt, put put the rest on a down payment, and then just start? At it, increasing your monthly, uh, if I could, fu- that kind of thing. If I could fund, uh, if I could qualify for a ninety-five percent or a ninety percent mortgage, I'd take it, and then I'd go ahead and try and get a home equity line. I'd move the consumer debt over to the home, and then I'd start, uh, I'd start building your portfolio because uh, you don't have a lot to start with. How, how can you? Uh, well, I do have a couple of holdings. Uh, I've got a, an IRA that's worth about thirty-five. That's in stocks. Self-directed. How'd you get thirty-five thousand in an IRA? Uh, thirty-five hundred. Oh, okay. Thirty-five hundred. All right. And then I've got a, um, I've got a money market account with a thousand in it, and uh, got about stocks worth, you know, just stocks that I hold worth about oh about a thousand dollars or so. So I got a little bit of a small portfolio, you know, just just barely okay. beginning here. Call me at the office eight seven two seven thousand. That's my office number eight seven two seven thousand. Uh huh. Uh, I can pursue it further with you. Okay. 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 Thank you, Mark. Appreciate your call. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. They help that caller. They can help you too. We have lines open just for you. 
Magical number is 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Okay. Well, you know, Linda, I was just reminded Thanksgiving, of course, when we had dinner, we had the privilege, I would say, of seeing, and of course, I would never mention clients' names on the air, but we did have the privilege of seeing uh, some longtime clients of ours. And what touches me, after listening to Mark, who's only in his 20s, at that table, there was not only our clients, who are in their 80s, and their children, who are adults, of course, and their grandchildren in their 20s. And I'm so impressed that we are hearing more and more since we began this radio program 25 years ago, many more young ones are coming forward wanting to know how can they achieve financial independence and get their money matters in place early. Yes, indeed. The sooner you start, the more you'll accumulate. And savings, uh, starting early, is is you'll reap the benefits. Oh, yeah. Won't you, Debs? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's there's the difference between you know saving uh, a, a fixed amount for thirty years versus forty years versus fifty years. I mean, if you start at twenty and you take it out at seventy, that's fifty possible years. You know, you don't have to have the most amount of money. You just have to have a little bit of extra and set it aside. When I began financial planning in those days, it was the only time we ever talked about young ones was about the sandwich generation, parents supporting children and their parents. I mean, clients supporting children and their parents. But now we're seeing three generations and we're seeing young ones in their 20s interested in financial planning. This is wonderful. It really is. What's new in the world of investment planning? Well, Doug, we often talk about REITs, real estate investment trusts, and how they are an alternative investment. And that they're really an alternative to other securities. So I thought we might talk a little bit in regard to this Wall Street Journal article that was recently giving some interesting information about REITs and what the, how they might work for people. You know, I have had a strong interest in real estate investing uh, investments since the 1980s. And Uh, I am very much intrigued with the new focus, and I say new within the last four or five years, on alternatives. And REITs, of course, are one of the most popular of the alternatives. Right now, with real estate on a rising cycle, now might actually be a good time to consider investing in real estate investment trusts, which are these REITs. Yeah, REITs remain an attractive investment option for large institutional investors, as well as for individual investors. And when I look at the world of REITs right now and the world of, uh, of stocks and bonds, REITs remain attractive because there is a predicted rise in interest rates, which is not likely going to hurt the performance of REITs as it will hurt the performance of bonds. And as we've seen in some of the investments that you know they produce strong returns, the fact that real estate is on a different cycle from the stock market also produces a benefit. Stock market cycles run about every four years, and we're about at the end of one. Real estate market cycles run 17 to 18 years, and we're only halfway into one. In terms of construction velocity, the rate at which they're building buildings, we're still way below average. Yeah, it's intriguing when we get into the world of REITs, and I'm very deep into them at my office, Currently, the best performing segments of the real estate markets are self-storage. Those are the ones we used to call mini warehouse REITs. 
and also residential REITs, the ones we used to call uh, apartment REITs. Uh, Then there are manufactured housing REITs. Uh, There are some really interesting categories of REITs which are doing very well. And right now, I would have to say that we are an underhoused nation, which explains why residential REITs are so strong this year. Yeah, it's a fairly good time to be an investor in REITs because there's talk that they're undervalued generally. A rise in interest rates could make investors weary of REITs since REITs performance depend on the cost of capital. But really, you shouldn't be. You just need to be educated on them. Real estate has been moving, largely due to the historical low cost of capital, which makes prices trend upward and creates volume. In view of the terrific performance of many types of real estate, and with capital flowing into the system, investors may see REITs as a safe haven where returns can be found at a time when stock and bonds are not producing high dividends. Yeah, it's very interesting that the REITs themselves have a special tax law, and that's what makes them so attractive. Not many people know that uh, in 1960, there was an act of Congress that went... uh, was it 1960? Yeah, it would be 1960. 1960, mm-hmm. Act of Congress. That's right, to establish real estate investment trusts. Which allowed a real estate stock to pay zero corporate tax. Right. Whereas a stock in a, at a company at IBM pays tax on its profits and then distributes what's left out to the investors as dividends. And then the, the shareholders, of course, pay tax on that. But that means they didn't get as much in their dividends. A REIT by avoiding all taxes on its profits, has much, much more to go out to investors because the shareholders have to get everything. They have to get 90% of the taxable income paid out to them for the REIT to maintain its tax-free REIT status. And so that makes it very attractive to investors that are looking for income from their investments. And at the same time, the traditional bond investor who was used to income coming from his investments, he's worried now that everybody's warning him that the value of his bonds are going to drop when interest rates go Mm -hmm. up. Not so with REITs. Mm -hmm. And I think that explains a lot about why they are so attractive. It does. And you bring up a really good point, Doug, because in addition to them being attractive because of the income, this is an alternative investment that's not going to be fluctuating like a stock. Very good, Deb. It's a non-correlating asset. Right. You bring a lot of of stability to a portfolio where if a lot of volatility is unsettling for you or you need income and you don't really feel like you can stomach volatility, this absolutely... You're listening to Money Matters with the News Radio 680 WPTF. If you've got questions regarding your, your asset allocation or retirement, call us on the open lines at... 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-WPTF. And if you would like to set up an appointment to have your financial planning issues evaluated, call us at Lewis Fender Management at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. One of the areas... In the REIT world, the real estate investment trust world, the REITs themselves, the healthcare REITs, uh, they have been doing very well. They can bring steady returns, of course, and the healthcare REITs are emerging 
as a dependable real estate investment. And that's because investors can count on them to produce income no matter what the rest of the economy is doing, and the demand for various types of medical facilities is still going to continue to rise. That is definitely Mm -hmm. the need. The demand is going to rise because people are living longer. Maybe their health isn't as good as it was when they were younger, but they are definitely living longer. And so what we're seeing is that the health care REITs are really providing a very comfortable place for our seniors to live. That's right. Um, while they're still healthy. That's right. Now, in regard to the REIT themselves, typically health care REITs aren't fast-growing stocks. Rather, they're more suited to investors who buy, hold, and perhaps reinvest the dividends. Yeah, medical REITs often have subspecialties, too. Because rather than investing in medical facilities generally, some of them focus exclusively on hospitals. I've seen some REITs that are just hospital REITs. Exactly. uh, Mm -hmm. Facilities that require a physician's order for admission. Other ones are are in the uh, more area of the emergency care centers. Some are assisted living facilities, outpatient clinics, and so on. So we're seeing REITs in different subspecialties, but I don't think healthcare REITs are ever going to be an ex- exciting like a tech stock. They're more for the stability and for the balance and for the income. And they like us, uh, they like the steady return, the coverage of the dividend. That's right. Healthcare REITs peaked much later than other equity REITs during the previous upturn, and they didn't fall nearly as fast. So as far as income generators, they're great, and they don't tend to have the ups and downs of other types of investments. I like the healthcare REITs. I really do. Before 1985, the proportion of seniors moving into senior housing only hit 1% a year by the time they'd reached 85 years old. Now it's 2% a year by the time they reach uh, 70 years old, and it's over 6% by the time they reach 85. This is a huge shift. In earlier decades, having more money allowed people to age in place and a nursing home was a very unattractive alternative. But in the past 15 to 20 years, having more money has allowed one's access to the best senior communities. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. We see it. Instead of the poorest people moving into facilities earlier, now it's the planners who are moving in earlier. They plan where they will live and where their medical care will come from and so on. And the baby boomers generation is at the threshold of senior living. Thus, the greatest demand will be not for the old-fashioned medical-based retirement home, but for apartment communities or even these detached houses where residents can move into higher units or higher care units when, they're, uh, when those higher care units are required. The fundamentals of healthcare real estate are good. Let's take another caller, Doug. Well, Charles, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, and how can I help you this Hi, evening? Hi, Mr. Lewis. Uh, how are you? Perhaps, I'm well, thank you, sir. Uh, give me a little uh, advice here. Uh, All right. If you can, please, sir. My, my wife and I are thinking about buying a home. Okay. We're uh, 38. I'm 38. She's 37. All no right. children, no debts. No children? No children. No children, no debts. Uh, An adjusted gross income probably of around $100,000. All right. Both of y'all working? Uh, yes, sir. Oh, financial planning for dinks. <laughs> dinks is dual income, no kids. That's us. Okay. Uh, All right. And the, you've got an adjusted gross income of how much? Uh, about uh, 100, 
hundred thousand. About a hundred thousand, the two of you. Four hundred one k plans, stocks, mutual funds, and so forth. Uh, insurances, disability. Everything. How much do you have in the stocks? Oh, uh, approximately. Stocks and funds, probably thirty thousand. Oh, uh, well, I wanted to separate the stocks from the funds. If you. Oh. Uh, How much do you have in mutual funds? Do you know? Well, probably about. Yeah, probably about fifteen thousand in each. All right. 15,000 stocks, 15,000 in mutual funds. What else did you say you had? Uh, and probably about uh, 30,000 in money market, uh, in a money market account. 30,000 in CDs. money market. And CDs. Anything else? Well, we've got, uh, you know, our retirement plans, uh, money purchase plans, uh, uh, insurances and things like that uh, that, are, that are doing real well. I'm not sure exactly the, the figures that, that all of those accounts might be worth. What are your living expenses running, Charles? Uh, well, they're they're minimal, frankly. We 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 rent a home. Uh, we pay six hundred dollars a month rent. And uh, wait a minute, something doesn't make sense to me. If you're earning a hundred thousand dollars and all you've accumulated is thirty thousand dollars in money market and thirty thousand in stocks and securities, you've got you you must be high spenders, not low spenders. No, well, uh, I mean, where's the money going? <laughs> We, we have not been earning that more than about uh, two to three years. All right. Uh, because I just uh, finished uh, uh, college. Oh, okay. Uh, my, I finished my doctoral program and okay. just have really begun my profession I about, see. you know, 30, age 33, 34. Okay. All right. So that, uh, I'm a late bloomer, if you will. All right. Well, that, expl- that explains something. Okay. okay. So your living expenses are running about how much? Well, uh, $600 for rent and then uh, whatever... Uh, Utilities and so forth are uh, I, probably fifteen hundred dollars a month or something like that. All right, maybe a little more. Yeah, I was uh, going to say uh, that that would be a very attractive number because that would leave you a, a large amount monthly. Well, to put into a, into an investment plan. And in fact, we do. We we end up probably putting three thousand uh, a month into uh, into various uh, into the money market or either buying more uh, shares of a mutual fund and so Good. forth. Good. Okay. We had thought perhaps that we might need to buy a relatively expensive home simply to lower our tax liability. Boo. Okay. It's not a tax shelter. A home is a shelter, not a tax shelter. It's a place where you live in. If you want tax shelters, there are good tax shelters out there today. There are oil and gas drilling deals. The limited partnership. All of of those are out there. And you you need to work with a certified financial planner to address the tax reduction need that you're talking about. But don't confuse it with the other need. You should buy the cheapest house that you think you'll be comfortable living in. Well, you're, you're, that's, that's a point well taken. You, you don't build wealth uh, owning a half-million-dollar home and, and driving two, uh, two Lexuses or Mercedes. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You want to go ahead and look at your new status in life from a future goal, identify the financial independence year. Right, right. You want to come backwards to that? Retire. All right. Uh, All of those numbers, those are numbers that you need to work with a certified financial planner to tell you how much should be set aside monthly to reach that goal. We're we're trying to do just that. And keep the house from hindering your progress. (laughs) Okay. Good advice. And Charles, if I can send you any information, if you'd like, you can call me at the office. Okay. Our number is 872 Thank you, ma'am. Okay, and thanks for Thank calling. Thanks for your time. Thanks. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680 WPTF. For all your money matters, and if you have questions about them, 
You call 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, Linda, you know, even though um, these people are young that are having these questions, they represent a whole group of young people who have new but very good and interesting problems. I'm thinking of uh, one couple in their, um, well, their late 40s, and they are selling a farm. And I'm thinking of the two partners of a three-partner team who are selling a business. And both of these scenarios are unique assets that must be sold, but the sale itself must be strategized. And since we're working on this, how about we take a little bit of time talking about some of this year-end work that we're doing for some clients, Doug? You know, a lot of people ask what's available in year-end tax planning. And of course, we always talk about the normal things, uh, uh, advanced charitable giving. And uh, last week, I think we talked, a week before we talked about harvesting losses and so forth. But the matter of the charitable remainder trust, the CRT, still becomes a very powerful tax planning strategy. And if it can get done before the year is over, it has a double or triple whammy. So yes, uh, at our office right now, we're trying to squeeze three of these in before the year is over. Uh, and the intriguing one that I think you're referring to, to me, Deborah, because we have the one, the farm. Yes, that, right. the, that's a large farm. Uh, I'm, but I'm thinking, especially in light of the callers receiving yes. the young ones, is that here's a young business owner. Right. Well, three guys. Three guys. They run uh, a business. In, yeah, and, and they're in their 30s. And lo and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, uh, they've got an offer to go ahead and sell this business for $2 million. Right. Each one of them is going to get about $650,000. And the offer uh, is sitting there. Uh, they're looking at it and they've come to us for advice and everything. At least one of the three has. And it's like, wow. You know, that sounds wonderful, except if you do that, you're going to get your $650,000 and you're going to end up probably losing about 200000 in taxes. Right. And so what we're doing is, number one, we're going to go ahead and get a valuation. Right. A qualified appraisal. A qualified appraisal. And then number two, we're going to go ahead and set up a charitable remainder trust. And this trust is going to be established with a trustee. And the trustee is going to be our client who's going to give away his shares shares to that charitable remainder trust. That's exactly right. So he's going to go ahead and give away his shares to his charitable remainder trust, and he will be the trustee of this charitable trust. But because the charitable trust is established as a 501c3 organization, the trust then will sell the $650,000 of shares and pay zero tax and immediately start paying him and his wife income for the rest of their lives. And this is going to be wonderful because even the first year, it's going to probably go ahead and give them over $40,000 a year in income. So the beauty of this is threefold. Number one, they're going to be able to sell the business tax-free. Right. Avoid all the capital Capital gains gains taxes. But number two, if we get this done before year end, he will get a tax deduction Deduction. on his Schedule A of his tax return this year for about $70,000. Wow. And that's an amazing thing because you think, why would he get a charitable deduction by giving money to a trust? Because the trust says 
that after he and his wife die, he's agreed that the remainder will go to a charity. But the charity may not get it for about 40 or 50 years at his young age, and yet the IRS allows him to get a tax deduction this year as if he had given it to charity this year so it's beautiful if we can get it all done. You know, add to that that they're so young, this couple, they are not going to not work again. This is not end-of-life planning. This is not retirement planning. That's right. So let's assume that that 40000 that's coming off is being reinvested. Mm-hmm. So that now they've created an income stream that can be reinvested into a personal portfolio, which then in 20 years can provide a retirement income stream. Oh, this will compound in a beautiful way. This is ideal financial planning, and I, it thrills me to be able to see it happen to a young one. That's right. Because the young ones are... Uh, they they've are, got time on their side. Yeah, they've got time on their side. You know, it's really exciting. Um, here we are at the end of the year. And uh, when you have, as you said, uh, young people that are in business that have found themselves in a successful uh, endeavor, and then a wonderful opportunity arises. And, of course, if you sell either appreciated uh, assets as a farm or as a, you know, a beach house or a business, what happens, Doug? You have capital gains to deal with and taxes. So this is a wonderful, wonderful strategy. And in the end... Um, and it works for any age, Linda. It's a win-win situation, The young couple, it? they're selling a business, shares of a business. They're in their 30s. The couple that we're also doing, the farm that Deborah's talking about, they're in their late 40s. Actually, it's early 50s. Oh, early, early 50s, 50s. But still, and then, both, you know. You know and, and, the right. third, and the third one, they're in their 70s, right. almost 80. So right. it works for any age, anyone. Uh, I That's really right. am I'm, I'm enjoying seeing it happening. And, That's you right. know, the, the, the beneficiary is a charity in the end. So you're helping society. And you're helping society. And I'd just like to mention... As we are in uh, year-end charitable giving, I'd like to mention one of the charities in the Raleigh area, in the Triangle, that has been assisting um, households, and it's the Green Chair Project. And they are at 1853 Capitol Boulevard, and they help families. So if you have uh, donations of furniture or household goods, Call them at 919-322-0474, and you will be so excited. Look up the Green Chair Project, and these are our friends. They are helping um, families in the community, and if you would like to make a contribution to them, again, their number is 919-322-0474. Interesting. I hadn't heard much about them. That must be a new charity. Well, you know, Linda, Doug, it it is always exciting to help young people um, make the most of their income. And one of those big things that they know about but may not have acted on is the employer retirement plan. Taking the first step towards retirement has never been more important and never been easier. And the easiest way to do this and to get started is to participate in your employer retirement plan. That is true, Debs. When it comes to saving for retirement, time can be one of your greatest allies. And the sooner that you get started, 
the longer your investments have to work for you. So getting going sometimes involves crossing some mental hurdles. And let's take a look at a few of them. One mental hurdle can be if you say to yourself, I can't afford to save for retirement, at least not enough to make a difference. Well, that's just not true. You may be able to afford more than you think. And even small amounts invested regularly will add up. People often have a tendency to spend what they make and not know where their money goes. You may have received a pay raise only to increase your spending by the same amount soon afterward. So if you look closely at your monthly spending habits, you probably could find $100 or more in your budget to save. So start out saving what you can and then look for opportunities to increase your contributions over time. Like that like that like that pay raise, you know. If that's one of those easy things, if you get a pay raise, that can be a pay raise to yourself if you immediately start saving it. Exactly. So a second point uh, that may be a mental hurdle is getting started in a retirement plan sounds like a difficult and complex process, but that's not true. Actually, it's never been easier to begin. Well, Debs, uh, so basically, if you wanted to start, what would you do? Well, you designate an amount to be automatically withheld from your paycheck. And then you select from the plan's investment options. And this is usually where a financial planner will come in. Once you have decided either percentage or a dollar amount of what you want to have withdrawn, not paid out to you in your salary, then you need to make some investment choices. And a lot of people will call us at the office and just say, I have a 401k. How do I participate? How do I know what should be my investment options? But the most important decision you can make about savings for retirement is just that, to save. If you're thinking, I'm putting off retiring, uh, putting off uh, saving for retirement for now, and I'll catch up later, that is the worst thing to think. Waiting to begin saving could cost you. So the earlier you start, the better. Well, let's, let's look at a hypothetical situation. Let's say that you save $200 every month for 40 years. At, so what could you expect as a withdrawal, Deborah. Well, let's look at some of the assumptions. If you're saving $200 a month for 40 years, what would we be assuming we'd be earning under that scenario? Let's say, how about 8%? Okay, and then at what rate would you be withdrawing from that portfolio? How about uh, 4%? Okay, if you save $200 a month for 40 years, you'd be able to make a retirement withdrawal of about 2,300 a month. Wow. Right. That's that a lot. makes a difference. It really does. Now, let's assume that you doubled that. So if you saved $400 a month every month for 30 years. Oh, so now we're not doing it for 40 years. But, we're saving for 30 years. But you waited 10 years later okay. to catch up. All right. Here, under the same assumptions, earning 8% a year on an average and withdrawing at 4%, you would be able to withdraw only 2000 a month. So just by waiting 10 years to start, even twice the monthly contribution wasn't enough to catch up. You know, and I hear people say, well, if I don't save for retirement myself, I can always live off Social Security. But that is not true. Social Security benefits may actually be far less than you anticipate. You know, the nation's Social Security program has become one of the biggest and the hottest topics on Capitol Hill. 
In 2014, the Social Security Board of Trustees warned that the trust fund reserves could be exhausted by 2033. So you have to keep in mind, Social Security was designed to only be a supplement to your retirement income. You have to go ahead and plan your own retirement future. And I think that's where we as financial planners, certified financial planners at Lewis Financial Management, that's where we come in. We can help you. We have had the joy of seeing so many ones begin and end up now in their retirement years as middle-class millionaires, we call them, which reminds me, any new clients that call for appointments this coming week, we will be giving away a copy of The Middle-Class Millionaire, one possible book. Another book might be Simple Wealth, Individual Wealth, Inevitable Wealth, Mm -hmm. and a third book would be The Wealthy Barber. One of those three could be yours. We enjoy giving those to you. 32 years of excellence in financial planning. We're in Midtown Raleigh at Lewis Financial Management. Call us and set up an appointment to address your financial planning and uh, financial independence needs. That number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Well, Doug, Linda... Um, what's the easiest way to tell if your portfolio is a winner? You know, there's a lot of analysis out there, you know, how to tell if your portfolio is a winner. But I, I would say it's really simple. Did it grow faster than inflation? And did it produce enough income to cover your living expense needs? Or could it? Because if you're accumulating, that's what you want to know. That's the right question. That's exactly right, Deborah. The quality of portfolio returns like many financial matters, is very relative. To, to get a rough idea of how your returns stack up, you should maybe measure your portfolio performance against a given benchmark, one that is suitable for you. But pick an appropriate benchmark. It's stupid to go ahead and have <laughs> your portfolio uh, all invested in international mutual funds and you're comparing it to the S&P 500. That's right. That's not what you want to do. The typical default benchmark for many accounts is the S&P 500, but that may not be correlated to the assets you actually own. That's so true. If you have a well-diversified portfolio, you own not just stocks from the U.S. companies of various sizes, but also international stocks of various sizes, small, medium, and large. You might also own U.S. and international bonds and also alternative assets like REITs. That's right. You likely own most of these assets in the form of mutual funds, but you might also hold some individual stocks and bonds. So the S&P 500, it's not going to meet your need as a benchmark because it only reflects only the performance of the five, of 500 of the largest U.S. companies. Yeah, if you hold an S&P 500 index fund, then the benchmark is the S&P 500. So it's basically comparing an apple with the same apple. But uh, always have an, uh, some sort of a benchmark. Now, at Lewis Financial Management, we have our own individual benchmarks that we uh, uh, help you. Customize. You, yeah, we customize it to you, and we're measuring it against, uh, against how we're doing on a constant basis. That's right. So if you are working with a certified financial planner, helping you plan your future, then you'll know if your investments in your portfolio are able to help you achieve and maintain financial independence. Call us at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. You need to remember that your money matters because your financial future is at stake.
to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com. And listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF.